Welcome to Take Your Time with Shiara, the podcast dedicated to exploring the journey of healing through grief. And this special Father's Day episode, we have the absolute honor of hosting the amazing Adon Bean. Adon is a part of what I like to call my slamily. We've been on the slam yeah. team together. He is a accomplished spoken word poet, an MC, storyteller, voiceover talent, and an overall dope human being. And this conversation, we'll dive a little deep, explore some complexities of grief, the importance of honoring our father's legacies, and the power of storytelling as a means of healing. So welcome, Adon Bean. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Thank you so much, Shiara, for having me. Uh, super happy to uh, to be here. And um, yeah, if we got to talk about stuff like this I, I couldn't think of a better person to speak to about it so thank you thank you so 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 very much for your yes i really do um appreciate it uh this has really been a little bit of woman-centered uh conversation so mm -hmm. i am really honored to have this conversation with you uh, not just because of a Father's Day edition, but because you're one of the great minds that I know. Um, and so it is definitely be going to be interesting to hear your perspective. Um, so again, thank you for joining me on this journey. I'm very excited to have you and we'll just jump into it. Sounds good, sounds good. Um, I hope I live up to all that, but yes, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> too, it's too easy for you. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. So can you share with our listeners a bit of your personal experience uh, with this journey of grief and how it has shaped your uh, overall, overall healing? Yeah. Uh, so I guess the the easiest way to, or the, the most point blank way to, to speak to that is to say that in uh, April of 2018, uh, I lost my father pretty suddenly um, to what was lung cancer. I had spent, um, I had taken a trip to my first like international trip. I took a trip out of the country to, uh, to the continent of Africa. I went to Kenya and I was there for about um, a month and it was incredible, it was eye-opening. Um, I'm originally from Ohio, um, even though I'm based here in Atlanta. And um, so my parents <clears throat> were in this small town in Ohio and it's, you know, it's coming out of the winter. So he just had a, a cough when I, you know, a bad cough when I was leaving. And that's not, you know, um, unnatural or out of the ordinary. And um, so he had this cough and then I went to Kenya and stayed, had this incredible eye-opening experience. And then upon landing back in Atlanta, um, probably within about, um, honestly, the, literally the day I landed, my mother called me and had told me that um, that cough uh, was actually, was diagnosed with lung cancer. Now, of course, I had been in conversation with my mom during this, you know, throughout my time there and kind of asking questions about what was going on with him like hey how's dad doing dad doing all right mm -hmm. whatever and um you know what was tough i think just for her is uh she as she was realizing the significance of it she started to hold back the truth about 
how he was progressing because in her mind she was like i don't want to worry you out you know you you away all over on the other side of the country uh, other side of the world i don't want to worry you and so um one i was reconciling that in that moment that like wow like i hadn't i wasn't getting you know the 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 real facts on the ground from from my mother um but then also just this this really tough situation of hearing about him having lung cancer my dad was incredibly incredibly uh self-sufficient independent person mm -hmm. so he's not someone that i've ever really known to be sick so this was this was obviously um impactful uh and out of the ordinary and so anyway i got that news immediately bought a flight to head up to uh back to ohio was there with him for uh about close to a week spent time in the hospital stayed overnight and um he was he was in good sh decent shape um we just thought it was going to be a long battle you know like that type of thing and um uh actually i took a flight back to atlanta to get some things done and i wasn't here for um longer than a day and a half and i got news from my from my mother and the doctor that like hey it's not looking good um you need to come back and so um i then got another flight immediately back up there and uh, yeah, he was gone in about uh, within about 24 hours of getting up there. And um, yeah, it was it was definitely uh, it was so sudden. You know, it was probably yeah. like I said from from when I landed back from Kenya, it was probably not even two weeks. You know, he was gone, and in my head there was no real prep for it. There was no real like, okay, I'm I'm I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm. I think I go back and forth sometimes about like what would have been better, like a sudden loss, like, you know, something really tragic in that way versus like a slow decline where I kind of deal with get my head around and my heart around that process. Um, and ultimately I, I've landed in a place where, um, where I realized that the way that he transitioned was best for him. Um, my um my dad as i said was incredibly a lot of machismo very much a a man's man type deal he he didn't do well suffering fools and having people wait on him and he wouldn't have liked you know the way that he could not get around by his on himself and when i think about what was lying ahead obviously this was 2018 when i think about what was lying ahead with the pandemic my pops would not have done well having to wear masks or mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying any of any of the, the the precautions and things that were in play that that had to be in play so um i think about that fact that like you know he he even as independent as he was he even left on his own terms you know yeah and um and it and it's um and it's and, you know and it's obviously it has it comes with its own impacts own things that are have been tough to deal with but um, but I think that uh, that that main part of grief, like I've lost people before him, I've lost grandparents and uncles and aunts and things like that. But there's just no no real um, substitute for a parent, you know, yeah. a parent, a parent that was present, you know, a parent mm -hmm. that was really in your life. And um, and he was that, you know. And so um, when I think about my journey of healing just to wrap to the end of that, the, the second half of that question, I mean, it's, it's kind of defined 
everything since, you know, I think I can't, you know, it's almost like ADDC, you know what I'm saying, for my life where I just kind of look at it and it's like, it was before he passed and after he passed and like before he passed, I was a different person. Like yeah. I, I, I went through life differently. I, I conceived of things differently. I dealt with people differently and not, not night and day, right? Like it, it might be things that are somewhat imperceptible to people. They'll be like, yo, Adon is, you know, you always this demeanor, always this, whatever. I'm not though, you know, I'm not, I'm a, I'm, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that the way that, um, that, that kind of hold and that absence and that impact is such that it has, um, impacted everything it's touched every area of my life since then from my relationship with other members of my family to my relation my like dating and my my at the time i was involved in a relationship to my art to you know crafting music or poetry or song or, and even just my friendships and and what it means to be in someone's life and so um it is it is an ongoing thing it is ultimately the thing that that drove me uh and i say drove like i was resistant but that's not really the case but it it's ultimately one, the one of the things that like the main thrust that got me into therapy um yeah. and um and it didn't even happen overnight you know even it took some time for me to get to a point when i realized i needed to do something about it um but yeah that is a uh, I said a whole lot, but that's that's everything that that I think about when I think about um, my experience with grief and um, and how it shaped me in my healing. Yeah, I in hearing you, there are parts of this that I definitely uh, have never heard, you know, before, and noticing like the similarities of just coming to that resolution after you think about okay would it been different if this didn't happen suddenly because my mom's transition was suddenly minding my business do to do and the next thing i get a phone call and the world is different right yep. so i of course took some time to be like well what would it have been like if it was this way or this way until you finally get to that resolve of no this happened uh, I'm a fan of saying everything happens exactly the way it was supposed to happen because mm. there are so many things that, you know, so many things have to be triggered and happen for anything to happen. So this had to be, and it's divine time. And when you're speaking about your dad and uh, COVID, mine is uh, my mom and uh, Trump being president. I'd be oh. like, this would, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. This would have took her out anyway. So absolutely, no. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. It was a double whammy. I I remember. It's funny you say that. Before he got. When my father got, you know, too bad and he was unable to like communicate and stuff like that. I, I remember him being in the in the hospital. I don't remember what I don't remember what unit we were in at this point, but I just remember talking to him and just kind of joking because we always had this relationship where I was just like, You think you slick, you trying to leave now that Trump's in office, but like, nah, like you gotta you gotta hey, you gotta hold this with us. And he he's cracking up laughing, but but no, I'm right there with you. It's um it it's the thing, you know, it's funny you say that, Shara, like, I I am, I 
I am right there with you where I'm like, this, it happened the way it, it had to happen or needed to happen or mm-hmm. divinely happen. And, and, and even though I agree with that and that is true, it also doesn't invalidate our feelings of feel of being like, this is unfair yeah. or this, or this, why, why now, or damn it, I want to have a conversation with him that I don't get to have, or this next milestone in my life, he's not there for me to talk through it with, or to prep for it, or to rejoice in it, or to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, yeah. and like, to get to that point where you can hold both of those things um, at the same time, you know, and, and, and say like, say like, I, I, I agree that this is the way it, it, I agree that this is the way it had to be, but also damn it. I, I wanted it. I want it to be different or I wish it was different. And it's, um, it's a, it's a really, it's a really mixed bag. It's a really tough situation. You know, there, there's like, um, and I'm just I'm just kind of uh, word vomiting everything about the story too. The other aspect of it too is like my so I have one sibling. I have an older brother, and um, when we found out about the situation, um, I went up immediately. He's here in Atlanta as well. He was married at the time, and and um, and so I I went up immediately to check on you know pops and everything like that. And then he came up a little later because he was working, but then also his wife was pregnant with his second uh, child. And um, and what was crazy is that he, when, when we got the news that it was really looking bad, he, my brother couldn't go. My brother couldn't travel up to spend the last moments with my dad because my sister-in-law at the time was in labor. And so, he had to stay in Atlanta and welcome the birth of his daughter. Um, and she arrived and within 24 hours, my dad passed. And, and when he, when, when she came, he, um, you know, my dad couldn't speak at this point. His arms were wrapped, his hands were wrapped up because he had kept been trying to take out the intubated tube in, in his throat and things like that. And, um, but we were all in the, in, in his hospital uh, room and we put the phone up to him. My brother spoke to him cause we knew at this point we were going to have to take him off um, the machines that were essentially keeping him alive. And um, my brother said some things to him. I wasn't privy to that conversation. He put the phone up and let my, my niece, Google Gaga whatever over over the phone to him, um, but I just thought about you know it was so tough being that like you know she arrives while he leaves and like they they pass in the mm-hmm. ether you know what I mean and and it's also this added piece too where I think for the longest time my you know not to tell my brother's story but just to talk about all the various aspects of healing I think that like my brother had a different it was tougher for my brother to connect with his young, with his daughter because he's grieving his dad. And he's mm-hmm. like in this situation where like, I, I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be, but also I'm not where I'm supposed to be. You know, like I'm, I'm here welcoming my child, but I'm, I'm not able to be there to say goodbye to my, my dad. And, and that's just, it, it's a very, 
you know, and the what you kind of can feel like around guilt and, you know, and I think even when it's tough, you think that like for so long, I thought like, was there something I could have done differently? You know, could I have, you know, he, he was, you know, could I have somehow got him, got it detected earlier for him? You know, it, it's just a whole bunch of things like that. But I think to your point, you just have to get to this place where you realize that like this, this is the story that's written for you. Like, this is what it is. And, and you, you know, what you can do with that is um, take the lessons that are learned from it um, and still honor honor your mother, honor my dad, honor these people who have impacted us. But the, you know, one of the best ways we honor them is, uh, is you're just, just not crawling into the grave with them every day, you know, like, cause we, we just get up and we, you know, I, we keep going, you know, and it's tough, but that's what we do. Yeah. I think that, one, we always, you know, it's easy to say like everybody's journey is different, but the reality is everybody's journey is so different, even in sibling sets, right? Because, you know, we're all experiencing things in our lives that are different. We also have different birth orders, right? And I really didn't recognize how different the relationships with my mother between my siblings and I were like, mm. they're totally different relationships. Yeah. So yeah. they're grieving in totally different ways than I am because one of my sisters, uh, you know, has, well, both of my sisters have children, but one of them, like my mom essentially raised her oldest two kids. Like, you know mm. what I'm saying? So that's like a different perspective. Yeah. For wow. me, I'm the oldest and it was just me and my mom for a good amount of years. So that's like a different, you know, relationship. Yep. And so even to the point of, you know, of one them passing, you know, your, mm. your niece is entering and your dad is exiting. I find that so fascinating because similarly, when my mom transitioned, my sister, we found out she was actually pregnant with twins. Wow. So wow. it's just like those, yeah. those, this can't just be, you know, no, nah, no, nah, it's, 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 it's not. And I, and I think when I think about the personality of my niece, like she is, she is, um, <laughs> she is a stubborn little warrior princess, you know, like, like she is, you know, she has some like of the traditional feminine girly uh, elements to her. She just turned five. Um, but like that, even that is of itself, like every birthday for her is also this anniversary of mm -hmm. the, the, the passing of my father. But when I think about her personality, there's so much of him that she has and um and so even at those times when i think like oh i wish i wish my dad got to see her and got to like you know whatever um i'm also like he's a lot of him is inside of her you know and that is that's what we're seeing so often um but yeah i 100% agree with you like it it <clears throat> this part of this the grief also showed me just how different my my brother and i our relationship with our parents um, has been. And, you know, my my dad and I, I, I was 
big in sports, you know, like that was something I was uh, played, uh, always played sports, always talked about sports with my dad. I would watch games with my dad. My brother never did that stuff. Like he was just like, that's not his bag. He played sports, but and he was good at it, but he just never, he didn't care about teams or anything like that. So when I'm watching, you know, football or baseball or basketball, or whatever, I'm constantly having these thoughts of my dad, my brother, that's not anything that that sticks out for him. However, I didn't realize until he passed how often my brother would talk to my dad. They would call my my brother would call my dad so often and he was getting lessons from my dad or just talking to him about like what's it like to be a, a you know, a, a provider, you know, a, a man of the house like you know, I'm a father now, like all of these things that I was like, yo, I and I didn't even know this until honestly, not even right after my dad, it was probably a year or two that I talked to my brother about it or, or heard him talking about it. And I was like, I didn't even realize they, you know what I'm saying? I didn't realize they even spoke that much. You know what I mean? Yep. Cause they, they have, they have very similar uh, dispositions, like very, you know, and, um, and so, yeah, I just think that it is, there's so much that has been, I think, revealed by it you know like mm -hmm. i often think about like when you lose a family member or when you lose someone so close to you it's like losing a member of a team you know it's like this this you have a team and you're just losing this one piece and you don't realize how big the piece is sometimes until it's gone and you're sitting there and you're like and you're like damn how's the whole team struggling and you look around you'd be like oh, oh it's because he's gone like or this piece is gone. <laughs> like For us, we, it's the, the coach is gone. The you coach know? is going. You know what I'm saying? The coach is gone. And you sitting there like, damn. I And you realize at that point, all the work they've been doing this whole time. And so you're sitting there and you're like, you're, you're like, you're like, damn. So wait, they used to do that too. Okay. They're, okay. We got to, we got to redo the duties now we got to dish you know redistribute everything and so that's like like honestly my 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 mother has moved down here to atlanta with the pandemic everything we like it stopped making sense mm -hmm. for her to be up in ohio by herself she's 70 something years old she just turned 80 so we brought her down but like part of that is just like yo we need to consolidate our team like we need to like we need to get closer because we can't we can't spread the resources like we used to, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and part of that was like realizing that my dad and mom, like they 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 had been they'd been together for 50 years. They had just celebrated a 50th anniversary uh the year prior. And so yeah, I mean it's one of those things when you realize like, oh, um, without him or without this large piece, this large component, um yeah, like everybody's got more work to do. Everybody has more more on their plate and we and we have to show up better. Like we all have to step it up more than we were before. And um yeah, so a lot's revealed by grief. You know, I was laughing because I was thinking about I've had to speaking of consolidation, I've moved back home to Columbus mm. and I was thinking, you know, during the pandemic, this is almost year two. And now it's like, you know, I miss my family. I miss being, you know, a part of those moments or whatever, but being back home now, every other day, I probably say, ain't no way y'all was calling my mama asking her about this. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no way. <laughs> is, this, is this what we were doing to her? Ain't, ain't, ain't no way. <laughs> 
Y'all are stressing out my mama, calling her about this. <laughs> Listen, you get like no retroactively way. angry about like. <laughs> about, no, I feel that. I feel that hundred percent. That's hilarious. But I'm hundred <laughs> percent. I now have a better understanding of when my mom used to be like, "Just give me a minute. Y'all getting my nerves?" I'm like, well, I, "I just called," not realizing I'm probably like the. Fourth call yeah. of the day asking her how to, why to. <laughs> Ain't no way. Because now, you know, I'm the oldest. And so some of those responsibilities or those questions are, you know, passed down to yeah. me. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not feeling good. Do you think I should? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't. I don't know. I have no clue. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> God bless your mother. Absolutely. No, no. It's it's uh it's so real. It's so real. I I think like yeah, like I'm I'm at this point, you know, <laughs> with my with my mother like I'm in this stage of elder care, right? Because mm -hmm. I have a I have a mother who is who is uh, you know, a senior citizen. She's 80. And so like I'm sitting here and I'm I'm keeping doctors straight. I'm keeping prescriptions straight. I'm figuring out like, okay, I have a long list of like, okay, here's the policy information. We've got a whole house in Ohio that we're still working, getting, you know, clearing out and then going to put on the market. Like, but it's like, I'm sitting here like, yo, like this, this is the part of it that, and, and in fairness, you know, my mother, obviously was doing a whole lot for my dad like like mm -hmm. probably, you know if if we're being honest in the like breakdown of like um of like emo you know household labor and emotional labor, like my my mother i'm sure was doing more um and probably still does more to this point that is unfortunate how things have have gone um but i think about i think about my mother and how often she talks about how like she has no connection to that house anymore mm -hmm. because because he's not there you know and and in her mind like we we have to get we have to help go back there this summer to like straighten things out and we were talking about like hey like because one of my pet peeves uh shiara if you ever need uh service for someone if you ever need me to help you move one of my pet peeves about moving although no one likes helping people move is like, at least have everything together. You know what I mean? Like I, I am at least do that solid for me. You know what I mean? Don't make me show up and you'd be like, okay, cool. I'm still getting some things together, still back, whatever. So like, that is a quick way to make me want to blow my brains out. Right. So I, um, but, uh, so I was telling my mom, I was like, Hey, I know there's some items. You're not really sure where they are. Maybe we get you up there a day or so early, you know, mm -hmm. give you an opportunity to give a once over, do an inventory check, get some things together. And then I show up, my brother shows up, we, we, we get it not. And she was, she said like, yeah, that's cool. And then she reached out a few days later and was like, Hey, um, I don't want to face that home by myself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, got it. I understand. She was like, yeah, I, um, she was like, I don't know. She was like, I'm not sure what I'm fearing. I'm not sure what I'm, what I, what I'm, what the monster is, but she's like, I, I know that I do not want to be there by myself. And I said, you won't be there by yourself. Don't, don't even worry about it. You know? And I think about that when I think about, 
just people's presence, man, they it looms mm -hmm. large. You know what I mean? It's not even it's not even that, you know, it's not even that there's this sinister presence. It's just I think we learn a lot about, and this might sound so elementary and so rudimentary, but like like we learn so much about the absence of people. Like we we learn what people it's I'm essentially restating what we've already discussed, but we learn what people have provided when they have re, when they have removed themselves for whatever reason. And I think that I think that with my dad, that is part of it where I mean he was he was a pretty silent guy. He was but he he didn't wasn't really super sociable. Um but he he just had a had a presence about him that that filled up a space you know yeah. they used to say this thing where it's like you know you have a a presence that demands an explanation right like he had mm -hmm. one of those you know what i mean and uh and that's that is uh that is something that i think our family always you know kind of deals with and i think even for the lives of my nephew and my old my nephew is uh uh what is he now 11 12 12 man man these boys they just keep growing but yeah he's 12 and um he got to know he has plenty of memories with my with his grandfather um um but i think you know i i often think about you know my my niece and how how i would have loved I've, I've always still thought about like oh with my dad i wonder how he would have reacted to her but i think about her and like what she how she would have reacted to him and even now she'll say things about him having never met him that that again just speak to this idea that there's this there's this connection there that kind of goes past what we could maybe even understand on this side of life you know so i don't know there's a lot there is a a lot there um that I feel like hopefully I'll have some better understanding and some clarity because um, in the simplest form I can say is uh, these kids be knowing. Oops, listen, listen, something, something is up. Cause I mean, there's, she, uh, there's been times she said, um, she's a, she'll say she's seen granddad, you know? And I'll, and I'm like, I, you know, the thing about, you know, the children and their imagination and whatever, and just their, but like, aside from that, I just put it in this place of like, there's this innocence and there's this connection, like this closer, like she, she's more recently just left that side mm -hmm. of, of, um, you know, of, of the other side of life. And so I just think like, yeah, I, I'm like, well, man, I, 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 I don't step on any of that. I'm like, oh, you know, how was granddad today? You know, like mm -hmm. I, I just, I, I want, I want to normalize her um, experiences in that way, you know. And I think that there's, you know, who knows, who knows how things are being given to us and yeah. and and uh, lessons that are taught to us. So I just, I, I, I have tried to be. Um, just a lot more humble and give myself over to the the all of it the process even when we talk about what this grief thing is like you know 
I think we were kind of talking about this a little bit pre pre recording, but just that I was very, I didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't realize how much I was grieving until, you know, until maybe a year or two after the fact, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, like people would come up and be like, Oh, Don, you're doing so well considering, you know, what's going on. I'd be like, you know, I would take it like, oh, thank you. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm trying, you know, da, 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 let's give up. And not realizing how, um, yeah, just how that grief would show up in ways that I wasn't, I wasn't really like clocking. Like, I, I think, um, you know, I'd initially tried to, um, I, I'd initially tried to get in um, like a, I didn't do like full on therapy. I did like a group therapy situation where I would meet with other people who had lost someone. Um, and there'd be like one counselor and there'd be like eight to 12 of us kind of in a circle talking. And that was somewhat helpful just to be like, oh, I'm, I'm not alone. Like you hear some people's experiences yeah. and you'd be like, oh, I'm not alone and whatever. But like the pandemic ended that one, just that getting together in that space and then two i mean i needed that one-on-one shower like i need <laughs> i needed someone to be like yeah no no we don't talk about you and what you are going through specifically yes and um yeah it was uh it was it i didn't realize how much i needed it until it started until i kind of started going through it so yeah yeah I went to therapy because I was, I'd been in this, felt like a haze for like three years. It was year three. And I was like, is this grief? Like what is happening? Because it just won't go away. And so four years later, I'm still in therapy because I always, you know, go to therapies because you go for Mm. one thing and Mm. then it's just like an uncovering um, and healing for your whole person. You're, you know, and so it, part of that, like is, I think is beautiful though, you know, is that you are doing this um, relearning, unlearning, you know, of yourself in the way you have, moved and seen in the world because going back to something that you said earlier you're a different person and your life is different the way you see things are now different and it's you're not going back to an old life because it's impossible it's not Mm -hmm. possible but I do want to ask you like what are um this space I've talked to you know it's been women centered right and I think we have a unique opportunity here because I'm talking to you as a black man what have been some of the unique challenges that you have faced while navigating grief yeah I mean I think that like um I think that as a a you know, as a black man, I think that there are, there are plenty of, I won't say plenty, but there are, there are like spaces where that are male centered or that are like, that where, where men are speaking um, about male issues. Um, uh, and, you know, they're not always very, um, they're not always very healthy. 
right? Like some, like, and I think that what one of the issues that, you know, kind of I've encountered too is feeling like even in, even when not in those spaces, like, where do I go with like the burdens that I feel about mm -hmm. it? Because, and I think particularly for men who maybe have had some, some level of awakening, which I would just put myself on that, you know, humbly put myself on that Lord, or have some level of awakening was like, Oh, like, I don't want to burden, you know, the women in my life with this issue. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I, you know, there's some of this where I'm like, I don't want to like, uh, um, use this as license to kind of labor someone else. But at the same time, I would, so I would keep so many things inside and not realize that like, and think that I was kind of keeping it up. Like I was like, Hey, I'm doing okay. You know, like I'm doing all right. But it's back to that point around therapy to realize that like I needed, you talked about the haze you were experiencing. I was, I was kind of operating on a level of like autopilot. Like, look, I gotta, mm -hmm. I gotta keep going. And part of that comes from this too. And I, I'm sorry for rambling about it, but part of it comes from this idea of like the year before my dad passed, I took that step of becoming a full-time artist, creative or whatever. And so I had stepped away from like, you know, a comfortable corporate-ish job where I was like, oh, I've got benefits. I've got this, I've got all this lined up. I was like, oh, I, I moved out into the space where it was like, oh, I gotta make it. I gotta make the magic happen. And so that first year, 2018, which is when my pops passed, like, because I had stepped away from that corporate work, I had a lot more freedom to like, be there immediately for my family, mm -hmm. show up in ways, right? So that was the blessing there. The, the drawback though was like, yo, I'm scrambling to like, I gotta also hustle like, mm -hmm. I don't have the luxury to just be like, okay, I'm just going to take a sabbatical and deal yeah. with this. It was like, no, I've actually, I've got to produce. I've got to gin up work. I've got to, I've got to produce. I've got to be, um, I've got to set up work for the future. And so I got into this tunnel vision space where I was like, I'm just going to hustle. Like, I'm literally just going to. I'm not going to say no to anything. I'm going to take every gig. I'm going to do whatever. And then I'm also like, I'm trying to like maintain at that time a relationship. And, and it was just really, I was burning myself out. And also I was filtering a lot of the hurt and a lot of the disappointment and a lot of the anger. I was filtering that into interpersonal relationships in ways that were like subtle, right? Ways that I wasn't really staying on top of. And I think that, you know, I think that also the way that grief impacted that too, is that I, I think that there's a lot of ways that we can just try to escape. And so I was trying to escape into work. I was trying to um, escape into, you know, um, just, I, I mean, I'm not really like a, like a, I don't go overboard with like alcohol or weed or stuff like that. But like, I definitely would like, Oh, I, I was doing it a little bit more than I normally do then. I was doing it a little bit more than I normally do here. And just kind of realizing how off, like, off, like, kilter I was. Like, it mm -hmm. wasn't really, you know, me. And again, 
you couldn't tell me that at the time. Like, I felt like I'm doing okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, if someone were to say, like, a Don, you know, like, what's going on? I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And I might even be able to, like, shoot the breeze with you and tell you, like, yeah, no, I'm, you know, struggling with this. But overall, I'm doing okay. And I just wasn't, you know? I just wasn't. So I think that, like, what I had to do is what I found out to be more, more exciting is that, like, once you... And, and this is honestly a testament maybe to the people I've had in my life and the men particularly that I've had in my life is that once that once that level of like once I showed or sometimes they did like a, a willingness to like step past the facade and just be like really real about something like once they broke that fourth wall to some degree it like would open my it would open me up to be like wait it's okay for me to like really tell you mm -hmm. how i'm feeling about yep. this and then I, so man i mean there'd be times where i would just be like just on the phone crying like just like in tears like what the, i don't know if i can cuss but like i was just like what the <laughs> f you know what i'm saying like yeah. i would be so messed up you know and i think that like um and I remember like leaving some of those conversations being like, why didn't I do this earlier? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where, that's where the part comes. That's where it's tough. Cause you got to get to this space where, I mean, I felt the same way with therapy when I got into therapy and I saw, and honestly, if I'm being totally honest, the passing of my dad wasn't enough by itself to get me into therapy. It was the pandemic. It was my relationship kind of ending uh, or hitting the rocks, really. And then, like, I got into therapy, to your point, the holistic part of it. I go to therapy about these other things. And the therapist is like, yeah, what you're actually talking, your your dad is the part. That's mm -hmm. really, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's the main thing that you're not. I mean, she, she was like, these other things are important. Don't get me wrong. We'll talk about those. But this is the main thing that's actually upending a lot. And and I remember going through that and being like, why didn't I do this earlier? Why didn't I do this earlier? And honestly, it just requires a level of grace to have with yourself yep. to say, you, you, you do what you know to do when you know to do it. And I, I wasn't. I wasn't in a headspace. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't, I wasn't at the point in my life where I could accept what I needed. And, um, and so that's one of the things that I always try to tell people that even when I go out and perform and um, travel and get to do things, even at colleges and things like that. And I, I always try to tell people like, look like um, you life is going to hit you in the mouth. Like it's going to, it's going to, it's going to really like swing on you. And I just, you know, outside of setting up a good team around you of people who care for you and love you and love on you, um, aside from doing that preemptively, just have enough um, humility and grace to with yourself to say like, look, I need help. And, yeah. um, and, and it's not always easy to hear. It's not always easy to do. I still struggle with that even even now. But um, but going through this process has been really helpful. And as a black man doing that, because I've realized how many other black men are also hurting and yeah. also wishing that someone would have come to them and given them license to say, like, 
oh man, well, if we being honest, I feel this way about that, you know, and I have a brother right now. I hold him. He's like a, he's one of my best friends. I've known him since college. And um, we have two totally different tracks of life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Married, five kids, you know, all of this stuff like that. I'm out here and, but we, we check in at least once a week, every week. And like literally have been walking through life together. And, um, and I, I don't know where I'd be without him, you know? Yeah. I think it's important. The, um, people that we befriend, the people that we create, you know, our tribe out of, because I know for me, it was my people who let me know that gave me permission to unravel. Yeah. 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 And that is something that I, you know, felt from the beginning of the, pro- oh, like, oh, it, I'm about to wail. I'm about mm-hmm. to roll around. I am about to, you know, because immediately the, and it's because, you know, we don't talk about grief. So we don't know what to say. We don't know how to, it's on the end of, we don't know what to say. And then we don't know how to ask for help. And I just mm-hmm. can no, not imagine how much more intensified that is um, as a black man. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, since, you know, it's all, we already live in a society that's go push B, but then on top of that, men, it's go push B and don't be emotional. Yeah. Go push yeah. B and don't express yourself. And mm-hmm. so I'm always interested in what does that look like? And yeah, I, you know, and I, not to cut you off, Shara, but I'm, I'm curious, like, just from your experience, what has it, you know, you got that permission kind of early on or, or, you know, the license to unravel, which I think is a a perfect way to phrase that. Um, But like, did you, how has the experience been, you know, your, your, um, your mother passed when, Uh, how long ago was that? 2016. 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Mark seven years. Okay, so through these last seven years, has it been something where like, I guess I'm curious, I'm always curious about this, like how has the grief changed over the years for you? Like, mm. like, and I, I'm, I, we just having a conversation, so I'm just, yeah, I'm curious, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, how, like, has it been more like when you, when it first happened, there was you talked about like the shock of it all and just being mm-hmm. like having to wait, what? Like, huh? And then I don't know if you immediately went into this phase of like, all right, well, we got to do this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like regardless of whatever's going on, I'm the oldest, I've got to blah, 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 blah. And then I don't know, you know, then maybe that was the haze part of it where you were just kind of existing. Um, but like, have you seen that do you have particular times of the year where the grief is more pronounced or is it or is it something where um there's really no telling it just kind of hits when it hits or is it less at at this point or or i i don't know how how has the grief been for you 
I feel like it's a mixed bag, right? So like, of course you explained it like to the T, right? When it first happened, there's this shock. And then because things have to get done, I am, you know, a project manager by nature, right? So you go into event activation mode. Mm -hmm. So we have, so it's like something that like just turned on in my mind of all of these things that have to happen. And then like, in my family, you know, I'm the go-to person. So now I have to make sure that everyone else is straight and everything is at at least attempt to carry the things at a level that my mom would, oh, but I'm yeah. not my mom. So yeah. this is like, you know, another part of like, oh, this is like super heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's, you know, I, I I, for a long time, didn't think that I was like, had any anger, you know, because for me, the last time, last day I saw my mom was like at Java Monkey on Mother's Day and we had the best experience. So for me, that provided some like, you know, this is divine. I didn't have like, like a lot of questions about like, I could have did this different, et cetera. Like, because I know knew that the last time we encountered each other, it was like the height of all the yeah. love that we could, you know, share yeah. with you. So, and another part that I guess I don't share often is that, so my sisters found my mom. Um, and so they have that different experience. Mm. And so when we went to, um, you know, handle the body at the funeral home, they were like, do you want to see the body? And my youngest sister was like, no, to me. And so I, I never, I never saw my mom not in her body. Got it. So for me, it's almost like, it's some days I still wait for her. Like my mom was a jokester. I still wait for her to be like, girl, I'm just playing, (laughs) you know? And so it's that type of longing, but I think around May in particular, because it was mother's day. And then a few days later she transitioned. So that's like difficult sometimes, but I've been Mm. trying to find like ways to like, honor what I'm feeling inside. So some days, some months I've like, I know I want to be by water. I have to go to the mm. beach, to like cry, release, do all of those things. Um, for her birthday, I always like get balloons. She um, was very particular. Like when she transitioned, she wanted us to release balloons. And so for her birthday, I write messages on the balloons and release them. Like that's my thing to do every year. So I write her all the things like, girl, come get your kids. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, but I do those things, but there are, so I won't say that it lessens, it just kind of shifts. Right. So I can talk about it without, you know, bursting into tears, but just like two months ago, I went to a food festival and I saw a mother and daughter and it reminded me that, Hey, you know, these aren't experiences that I'm going to have or, you know, it just, um, but I think also going to therapy and really understanding that, uh, 
two things can be true at the same time because it took me also a long time to kind of recognize like mm, my childhood was a little bit dramatic right mm. and I felt like I couldn't say that or acknowledge that because I was somehow dishonoring my parents absolutely. or dishonoring no it could absolutely be that they did the best that they could and absolutely y'all traumatized them mm, out of <laughs> like you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it that was really huge for me in my journey and my healing and knowing that, okay, my parents did the best that they could, right? Yep. But there's still some things that I have to unlearn and still some things that I have to tend to for me yep. that, you know, I know I would have never sought any type of help or you know any i i did i to like even just identify that oh this didn't happen in everybody's childhood oh that was like oh you you're kidding me right yeah 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 for sure so you know and being in therapy and my therapist be like uh you'll run that back again like (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely no no that's um I, that's so good. And I think about that. Um, yeah, I, I relate to a lot of that so much to mm-hmm. that because I think, <clears throat> I think for me, when I think about like the, the years since, like to your point, I, my dad was uh 70, 70, about to be 70. He just turned 76, 75, sorry, mm-hmm. 75 when he passed. So my dad was, you know, my dad just got around, he was an independent dude, did all his things. So I have all of that history of him being moving like that and maybe like a week and a half of him being in a hospital bed, unable to really get around. And mm-hmm. so my my memories are filled with him as a you know what I'm saying? As a robust spry, you know, you know, man getting around. And and I don't and so when I think about the blessings, right? I always go back to this, like, what are the small blessings? Is like I don't have this, I don't have this like 10 years of seeing him whittle away and mm-hmm. become less and less of like a physical presence. It's like, nah, that was a lion of a man who just kind of like, you know, he went out. You know, he went out to pasture in that way, right? Um, so I think about that too, and I think like you know, to, to your point around, like, like the times that go by, like his birthday, my dad's birthday was in February. So much of my family is front loaded in the year, like birthdays and celebrations and things like that. So his birthday's in February. Um, uh, he passed in April mm-hmm. and then like what's coming up father's day is like, like I'm normally in my head, I'm like, I just have to get past Father's Day. Cause like our birth, all of my our family's birthdays are in the front of the year. You know, I'm in May, brother, mom, January. So like so much of it is like, I just gotta get through Father's Day. And so there's some years Father's Day come and I don't, it's not really that big of a thing for me. You know, like right. I'm I I I can see other people post their dad. I'll like the post and keep it moving, you know, like. All of that is fine for me. Some years I'll see it and I'm like, yeah, no, I can't do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, can't do this. Like, what, what do we, what? 
what are we doing? Nah, I can't do this. Um, how dare, like I, I get offended. Like how dare y'all post your, your dad's what? You know what I'm, what, how, like, how selfish are, do you know what I'm like, like in my head, there's these thoughts, right? Like, and so, but it's not all the time. Some, and like, I can go through years where his birthday will come and go and I will think about it. I'll honor him. I'll, you know, I, I, I normally on his birthday, I will play um, Nina Simone because he loved Nina Simone. So I'll be playing Black is the Color of My True Love's Hair and Mississippi God, like all these tunes that he loved. And so I'll, I'll think about him. I'll think of, like the music he listened to, the Carlos Santana and the Sade's and the uh, Paul Simons and all these like quirky artists, that things like that that my dad loved. So I'll think about him in that way. But then sometimes I won't think about him at all. I will I will be overwhelmed sometimes when the like the Braves won the World Series the other year mm-hmm. or whatever. And my dad, he loved the other, these other sports, but like baseball, like like men of a certain age, baseball was like their thing. And so I think about I I I uniquely associate the sport of baseball with him. And so it could be opening like like the other week it was um the outcast, uh it was like an outcast themed uh at the at Braves Park or whatever and I just thought about not that my dad I was gonna say not that my dad my dad was not a fan of rap music which is another thing I loved about him because we just my dad was about this this smooth jazz and this jazz music (laughs) and you know uh I always joke my dad could be any uh radio into smooth jazz submission it didn't matter if he he could be anywhere in the world he would find the smooth jazz uh, uh, (laughs) uh station but but I'm bringing this up to say like he would um, when I think about baseball, I think about him also. And I just think, I, have you have you heard that that um, that ball in a box grief theory thing? It, mm-hmm. It's kind of it's kind of like popular, but it's basically this idea that like grief is like th- that. There's this box, um, and uh, there's a ball in it, and there's this red button that is pain, right? That's mm-hmm. your pain. And when it first happens, the grief, you know, the 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 loss is the ball is really big. Mm-hmm. So it's no matter what happens, the ball keeps hitting that red pain button pretty often. And as time goes by, the ball never leaves the room. It just gets a little smaller. Mm. And so the ball will still move around and you'll. And it'll still, for, on occasion, hit that pain button. And you'll be like, golly, I thought I was good. But it's less. It's not yeah. as frequent as it was before. And that's what I think about a lot with my experience is that, like, it's it's not that I miss him any less. I still yeah. miss him so deeply, so tremendously. There are still every single waking day uh, I think about if he was here. Um, but. You know, you, you, I think what I've learned over time is like not to like resist that grief when it comes and to just go along with it. Um, and, and for as long as it wants to take me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then I realized like, oh, you know, like I'm going to get through it, you know, like it's, it's, I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll get through it. And I think that before I would, the grief would come and I would run from it or I'd try to block it off or I'd be like, 
I, I can't really deal with that right now or or yeah I deal with it and then like not really deal with it mm-hmm. um, I think that now I'm in that place I've gotten into a better place um and I'm saying this and you might see me next week y'all I'll be like yo yo but um but no I just think that that's probably the uh, reason why I asked you about your experiences because it, it is pretty similar to mine yeah, I've just been learning um, surrender and that just word just like just pops in my mind. Like, and so I, along this journey, though, learned to be a lot gentler and a lot kinder to myself um, because I've also recognized that I've been in a rush all my life, a rush to be done with things, a rush to you know, hurry up and feel better about something, a rush to know. Right now, I'm at a time where I'm going to, what's the name of this podcast? Take my time with myself. But it also, like, I want to be able to allow other people to know that it's okay to take your time. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to be in a rush to get over, because it's nothing to get over. Like, yeah. you're going to experience this whole, this missing piece for the remainder of your, you know, being, you know, in this room. And it's okay. It's okay. And you're not the only person. And so (laughs) now when I ask people how they're doing, like, I really mean that. Like, how are you doing for real? And I think that because we live in a space of like, you know, Facebook and all of that stuff, I think it's easy to like leave people behind in their grief journey. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy to be like somebody else got it. Like you know, I can leave a message on your wall. You good? But I try to be a little bit more intentional. Like yeah, mm-hmm. I get my reminders from Facebook. But if I got your number, then I'm going to text to see like how you doing? You good? Like absolutely. Happy birthday to you. you know, like just to stay connected to know like this number still work. <laughs> <laughs> you can use it, and I'm here for all the things. If you. As you a, try to listen to you cry if you, yeah. you try to hold your hand. Call me, I will yeah. come. No, just, you I, know, I will be. A, I will be a testament, uh, even on this podcast. You've done that. Like I remember, even through the podcast that were or through the podcast through the pandemic. Another p word. Um, you uh, you would just reach out sometimes, just be like, hey, just want to check in with you. What's you know you doing all right? And I think that that because that was such a that was so, you know, ain't none of us been through a pandemic before. So like mm-hmm. we were so un, we were so disconnected and like just needing to be like, oh, I might just need to like feel the familiarity of someone that I know checking in on me. And you you definitely have done that. And I think I think, too, and I don't know if this is your experience as well. And I, I know we're getting up to time, but just that you have like I know that I feel. When someone has gone through loss their words of comfort mean something so much greater to me mm-hmm. than than people who I've maybe just not that people don't mean it but just when I know you've experienced a pain like you, some you and someone else could say the exact same words but there's this weight that I'm like oh no you know what it you know what this feels like mm-hmm. you know what I, you're you're talking about and that is part of like one of the orients and things that I keep in mind when I, I recently had a friend who lost, um, I say friend, we're, we're more associates, but I but we're connected on all social media. So it, I, it feels a lot closer than before than, than, you know, other people I'd say, but 
she she had lost her mother on her daughter's birthday and like less than a month later she lost her brother and i remember and i just was i reached out to her and it's like just told her like hey like um i honestly i did a lot of the things that people did for me that i had people show up for me which was i have a good friend you know jack Mm -hmm. Jack Preston reached out to me when my pops passed and Jack and I were cool, but there was this other level of, he sent me a message cause he had lost his, his dad. Mm -hmm. And he, he just sent this message and said, Hey, you don't have to respond right now. You don't even ever have to respond to this. I'm just sending you this message to say, uh, I'm here. I know this is tough right now. Um, you know, I care about you. If you can hold on to the 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 memories of your pops, where you can, but if you can't, like like he just sent a met like a paragraph, and that was it. Like it was, you know. And I remember it took me some time before I ever got back to him, and he was he was very much like, oh, I didn't even I didn't even expect to get you know. If you never responded, that was cool. But I know that I then took that same approach to her, just to say like, hey, I just want to let you know, like I won't even. I won't even act like I know exactly what you're going through, right? you know, but I will tell you, you know, you have people here who care for you, who love you, who are in your corner, you know, and that just, it can mean everything. Like it, right. it may not seem like it, but it can mean everything because when you're going through it, when you're spiraling um, and you don't realize that you're spiraling, it can be reading even these electronic messages on Facebook or via text or in your DMs or whatever. It can be reading these messages that you might not have the strength to engage with, but to read them and say, like, here's someone showing me care, love, kindness, appreciation and holding space for me. And that can that can honestly give you enough strength to get through the next hour or the next day or the next week. So, yep, 100%. It's one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be one of those words. <laughs> you good. But yeah, I totally agree. I think about when my mom transitioned, one of my coworkers, we were cool, you know what I'm saying? But when I walked into that church and saw her, yeah. she was just like, I knew I had to come because she yeah. had lost her mother too. It's seven years later. I It's imprinted in my mind. So yeah. she could call me today and be like, I need, I will be present. Yeah. Because it's just when people can show up in, it doesn't have to be this humongous way. But just to say, I see you. Yeah. I understand what you're going through. It just, there have been times when I've looked through, you know, I'm saying my text messages and, and those things have kept me, you know. <clears throat> so much so it's, it's almost like a like a you know before when you said it's a before and an after mm -hmm. and people that have experienced that before and after when they show up for you baby that thing is completely different it's it's a whole it's a whole nother ball game and i think that there's just i just think we can underestimate like we we can like poo poo like social media and underestimate like the impact of it and i'm like look if 
if if if if we can admit that people can be bullied via social media, then we can also admit the 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 inverse, right? We should be able to admit that people can be uplifted, people yeah. can be held and supported and girded up and strengthened. And I think that like it's so funny you talk about that person who showed up at your um yeah i when my father passed my my boy tom he flew in at another friend from cleveland who i graduated he drove down and they just i didn't they never told me anything they never said anything i just was literally at the funeral and they just were sitting in the back like yo we're you know we're here they didn't say anything. They drove to the uh, to the burial site. Just they were just like, you don't even need to you. You with family. It's fine. We just want to let you know we're here in the event that you, you know, whatever. And I, I'll never forget that. Never forget that. And, and, and coincidentally, earlier this year, one of those friends, his mother passed um, at the top of the year. And without question, I was on a flight to New York to, to go see him and, and, and help him bury it. His, his mother. And I just think that like, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot we don't talk about with, uh, with Kanye Omari West at this point in life. But, uh, but that song roses when he talks about, you know, when we, um, uh, uh, we show up with the roses, you know, that's what we are, you know? And so, um, yeah, we can, uh, it's just so important. So for sure. Yeah, I don't think we can negate the power of just showing up. And even if you don't have the words to say, just your presence in some type of way, really, um, it really keeps people. Um, I think we've talked about all the things, Anon. All I'm the things, <laughs> all the things. What's crazy is you could like stop recording and I could still talk to you for another three hours about like all of this stuff. Cause it's just, it's so, so fresh. And there's, um, but I think that, um, I think that uh, we have talked about a lot and I, and I feel good about like, um, I will say like being able, even given, being given this opportunity. Cause I feel like this is also another way that I get to honor my dad is to mm -hmm. just kind of, kind of um like i said like we keep keep him alive keep peach people alive by you know um you know i don't know who you know what people's you know religious persuasions are or whatever but i'll add this little fact that like the day my when i was coming back the uh from africa from kenya and i found out about my pops lung cancer that same weekend was easter weekend for me and so all I could think about was like, damn, like if I can, if, if there is the power to resurrect anyone, like I want it to be my dad, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think about that because I think about, I was, you know, when I think about the story of, you know, Christianity in this sense, I think about like the notion of communion is really, you know, Jesus saying like, do this in remembrance of me. And like, that's, it sounds very ritualistic and all of that, but honestly, what is communion other than just getting together and people sharing stories about this loved one, right? Like that's yeah. what the disciples were doing. They were just like, we all had these experiences with this man and we just wanna eat, we just wanna break bread and talk about, remember that time Jesus did this? I remember when he made us laugh here or remember when he forgot, you know, like that's what that is. And so that's ultimately what we do 
with any of the loved ones in our lives, it's a form of communion in which we just get together and we shoot the breeze and maybe eat something and just talk about like, hey, I remember my mother made me laugh this time. Or I mean, my dad pissed me the F off when he did mm -hmm. this. But that is how we honor these people is we, we remember them and we pass those stories down and we keep them alive in that way. And so I thank you, Shiara, for this podcast. I thank you for this space. I thank you for your obedience and your, um, your, uh, your heart towards this because um, uh, it's helping many people, including me. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Adan. Uh, selfishly enough, I was just initially looking to help myself. Hey, hey that's how this works. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Help yourself and help others. I love it. No, but I really, um, this really is a labor of love, like just adding to the space of people normalizing, talking about healing through grief, something we all experience, but we don't necessarily um, talk about because we're trying to get over. We're trying to move to the net. Just slow down. Slow mm -hmm. down and give yourself some grace. Give those people around you grace. And, um, yeah, that's 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 what what it's all about. Grace to okay. you, grace to me. Hey, <laughs> um, yeah. we've had a lovely conversation, Adon. I uh, want you to tell the peoples how they may stay connected to you uh, or any upcoming um, things that you have going on that they can check out and support. Thank you so much. Uh, if someone wants to stay in touch with me, uh, they can absolutely uh, check out the website. I am Adon Bean. A uh, I am a D A N B E A N dot com. Um, they could also go to Instagram, Adon Bean, um, where I'm pretty kind of more active. Also, Twitter as well. Um, this uh, this will go up in the next what week or two, something like that. Yeah, on Father's Day. On Father's Day. So, yeah, yeah. I will say um, if you are in the Atlanta area, definitely come out to um, uh, City Winery. Um, in which uh, on the 23rd of June, I'll be doing um, uh, reliving uh, Lauren Hill's Miseducation of Lauren Hill's album with ATL Collective. And so that would be a cool show to come out. Other than that, um, yeah, just stay tuned. A lot of cool things happening. Um, but uh, thank you so much for the time. Yes, thank you so much. And that'll do us for Take Your Time with Shiara.